1: Well, it happened. Somebody had to ask Tom Brady, and it was Jim Gray on the Let's Go podcast, if he had a timetable for deciding what he wanted to do about his football career, right? It's all. It's been all of a week since he ended his season with that wild card loss. Now a week and a day as you hear this podcast. And Jim Gray had to go there. He just had to go there. And, um, you know, it was basically... Um, him saying to Tom, and this is about five or 10 minutes into the podcast. Wow, Tommy, have you decided what you want to do about your football career? Everybody wants to know. And, and Brady kind of snapped at him. And I, I, you know, first of all, nothing they do is unplanned because this is one of the most produced guys on earth, right? When it comes to his products and stuff. Um, but he just, it was funny. And, and, and it was no, and, and Jim was kind of taken aback or seemed to be. Um, so maybe Jim should get an Emmy, but he goes, it, Jim, if I knew what is going to blanking do, I would have already blanking done it. I'm taking it one day at a time. <laughs> and Greg goes, well, you sound kind of antagonized by that question. He goes, you know, it's the only question everybody wants to hear. He goes, no, oh, I appreciate you asking. Thank you, man. But like, I'm not going there. So he was quick triggered, like. I'm sure he doesn't get that like every single day, every single minute when he talks to people about, hey, what are you doing? You know what you're doing? What are you doing? Including probably from the Bucks. But he snapped at his boy Jim Gray. So kind of funny. Kind of a funny moment. Brady talked about, you know, the game and and how he's trying to decompress from what is a long season. He said there is really no soft landing, right? Uh and that's true, especially true for players, NFL players. Um, it might be that, that I'm sure that's the case in baseball and probably the case in hockey and long seasons and things like that. Um, but he just said, you know, the, the, the word, they use the word a lot. He says, but there's no real, you know, crash landing. There's a real crash landing element to all this. You're doing it as long as he has. He said, there's no soft landing either. It just ends and then it's over. And as much as you'd love for something to be a little softer on the way out, that's just not the reality. Um, and for a guy that, you know, only plays to win a Super Bowl, Um, It's really tough. And he talked about, you know, the four teams that are left, uh, the 49ers, Eagles, Chiefs, and Bengals, and how well they played to get here. Um, But Brady's thing has always been like, look, we were one of 14 with a chance to win a Super Bowl. And now there's one of four. And I promise you of that only one team is going to be happy at the end of the year. It's a great accomplishment to get where they're at now. If you're one of the four final four teams and you're the conference championship. But believe me, none of them are going to be happy. Just just the one team that wins a Super Bowl. And he just said, you know, our team didn't play its best very often. It was very rare for us to do that, unfortunately. But we just couldn't figure out a way to improve our situation. He goes, you lose to a team like Dallas. Then Dallas goes to San Fran. They got beat solidly. It wasn't a runaway by any means. San Fran was basically in the lead the whole game. It's tough to win. You got to do a lot of things right. You know, and and his whole thing was harping on was that we just didn't do enough things right. You know, we weren't good pretty much all year long. And he admits that. Um, And – You know, for a guy like him that's kind of a zero-sum game, I think it's difficult to admit that, you know, you or the team was less than what it needed to be, Um, even though you made the playoffs and, you know, you won the NFC South. It was only eight-win season, and you get blown out by Dallas, who then loses handily. And his thing was that, you know, he has learned to sort of deal with defeat. That was always the thing with, with Brady was that he just couldn't stand losing Hated losing, wouldn't accept it. Still doesn't really want to, but he just says, as you you know, as he's been through a lot in his career, there's a resilience. And he said, if I had one word, to, you know, that I things that I learned this year, um, it was probably resilience. You know, that they overcame a lot. They still managed to get to the playoffs, even though they weren't very good. Um, and of course, we know about his personal situation with his wife Giselle and and having to go through, you know, not having his kids full time and then. When he was with them, you know, it was time away from from what he normally did with football. So there was a lot of resilience um, that he had to kind of endure. But now he's with his kids, and he says that he's been hanging out with them, uh, hasn't picked up a golf club, don't know when he will or if he will, hasn't thrown a football. He mentioned that as well. And he's really ticked off about the fine he got for trying to trip a guy. He goes, wait a minute, let me get this straight. He goes, I'm appealing that thing. He goes, so now it's intent. He goes, I missed him. I tried to hit him with my shoulder. I couldn't get him. Now I'm trying to get him on the ground. I tried to trip him, but I failed. He goes, so are they now finding intention? It's like targeting, and you miss the person you're trying to hit, and they're still going to call it targeting. They're going to fine you. So he's uh, he's trying to uh, not have to pay the uh, 11000 or nearly $11,000 that he was docked the other day uh, for trying to trip a player. But, yeah, it's uh, – I, and we talked about this the other night, Steve. I don't think he knows because I don't think he knows what exactly are going to be the quarterback situations everywhere else, including San Francisco. I think that's still to be determined. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a long way from Florida. But we don't we don't know that Brock Purdy isn't going to play awful against the Eagles and then the season ends in San Francisco the way it has the last few years, which is great team, great defense, really run the ball well, nice speed, good receivers. Ah, the quarterback just can't get us there. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what the situation in San Francisco is.
2: I don't think we fully know what the situation in Miami is. Mm. Um, what are some other good teams? The Jets, could, Tennessee. the um, Well, the Giants. I mean, are, the are Giants, they going to re-sign right. Daniel Jones, yeah. or would they go after someone like a Tom Brady? Right. Uh, the Jets or possibly Tennessee. What are they going right. to do? Uh, New Orleans. Where does Sean Payton go, and does Brady want to play with Payton? Sean Payton? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he doesn't have to do anything he's a free agent right he can wait as long as he wants and Mm -hmm. you know so there's really no reason for now if he wants to sign before free agency begins again to try to get some free agents to come help a team that's probably beneficial for wherever he goes or but he doesn't have to do that
1: he could also just wait and see who fields the best team Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and there's some pretty good teams already like these teams that are in the, the final four here they all have there's a lot of common traits one is they play defense. There's not really a lot of bad defenses left in this in this field. Right? Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's played lights out. Um, you know, we know that Kansas City can play when they need to. We know certainly San Francisco has one of the best defenses, if not the best in the league. So all these teams And Philly's really can play. good too. And Philly's fantastic. Philly Philly, I think, has a really good chance to win. I, I really like them in this game. I do not I mean you know, John Lynch, who I who I really like as a person, would love to see him be successful and and all of that. But man, it's still, I'm telling you, um, Philly is really really good. And and so you know, you get into the quarterback matchup and stuff. If Jalen, thing, Hurt, like, if Jalen Hurts is healthy,
2: I think they're the most complete team in the NFL, which is why they were the top seed in the NFL and had the best record one the whole season. They were thirteen
1: yeah. and one, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a good division with a bunch of teams that all made the playoffs and. You know, and if he could protect himself, and he did it in the last game where he fell on his left side, he ran out of bounds, he still was able to throw the ball down the field, he kind of checked every single box. So, you know, barring another hit on that shoulder that would knock him out, um, there's still that team that everybody had trouble with, and they have really good defense, and I just don't, I don't know that Brock Purdy is going to be, you know, the, the, the Cinderella. I mean, at some point, you know, it might strike midnight on him in Philadelphia, and if it does, and he has to bring a team back in the fourth quarter, two-minute drill, and all of that for a touchdown, I just don't know how he's going to react to that because he's not been in that position. Um, so, you know, that's that's the thing, and and therefore, like I said, if the season ends with the Niners three out of four years in the NFC Championship, one Super Bowl they lost, uh, if they if they fall short of a Super Bowl again, and it's really because the quarterback can't get them quite over the hump, sure they got Trey Lance, and he's coming off a serious ankle injury. They're not going to have Jimmy Garoppolo because he's done in San Francisco. So, you know, why wouldn't you look at the GOAT other than we don't know what his personal reasons would be um, and whether or not he would be consider uh, traveling out to San Francisco or, um, you know, Las Vegas or whatnot, you know, west of the Mississippi, obviously. So all those things are yet to be determined. But fascinating podcast, as always, uh, by Tom Brady and Jim Gray. And they had – Andy Reid as their special guest, and he talked about Mahomes and kind of what he's going through right now, expects him to play, uh, but he's very, very sore, and that's, you know, sort of that's what Brady, Brady's point was, like, you know, when you play this game, the true mark of a great player is, like, you know, it's not always going to be perfect. you got to go out there and make something happen, and that's, you know, that's obviously what they're going to try to do in Kansas City. So. Should be interesting. Um, Before we get to, we have some mailbag questions, too, that we can knock down tonight, and and you can send those to us. We'll tell you how to do that um, here in just a minute. But I want to remind you guys how to save money. That's right. You want to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 12 years. There's a lot of these people out here, but they're not like the May Electric Solar folks. They're committed to you. For the long term they guarantee their workmanship with a 30 year labor and services warranty three decades man something goes wrong they take care of it plus with every installation you get 750 dollars worth of surge protection for all your appliances that is the main difference now you can visit their hudson showroom they display all their products they conduct on-site testing you can see what they're going to install plus they don't use subcontractors all those people installing those solar panels up there on the roof those are billy may's guys Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. It's that time of year, folks. Uh, Lots of questions about the bucks, and we can use your mailbag questions. We'll tell you how to do that right here at the end of this podcast. But first, uh, let's try to knock down a few because I know there will be a few more as the week rolls on and the Bucs uh, at some point have to begin to interview an offensive coordinator or two because, boy, there's a lot of teams looking for them at this point. All right, Richard had uh, tweeted us. He said, if
2: you are right, that this could be the beginning of the end for the Bucks run. I agree, by the way, he says. What do you think the main cause was for the quick decline of this team's performance with Tampa ba- with Tom Brady as the quarterback year one to year three? Seems like it was the short window of opportunity for the Bucks, and now it appears we're destined for another decade of futility. I think the answer is more than just Brady aging. It seemed like the entire team's performance dropped off.
1: Um, yeah, it did. And I think, um, you know, first of all, when Brady got here, uh, some of these players were already in their prime or headed to the end backside of their prime. I mean, look, Mike Evans had already played six years, you know. Now he's played nine. Um, Donovan Smith had played a number of years. Uh, you know, we've been through the whole litany of guys like Marpet retiring, Jensen getting hurt. Like those are real things, right? They lost their off receiver. They, you know, they they sort of built this thing. It, w- it was kind of a mixture, right? It was like some of the young developing players they had here that were up and coming, um, and and really most of them were established. But like even a Chris Godwin, uh, who hadn't gotten that big contract yet you know there there was and the offensive line had been together so you had continuity there but it's very hard because then you bring in free agents you bring in Antonio Brown you bring in Gronk you know they got these guys are taking up major roles major roles on your football team and when they're gone and we know how it ended for Antonio Brown and we know how it ended for Gronk and so on and so forth you, you just don't have veterans sitting behind them you don't have the same quality of player that's that's a backup, right? So now you're, you're turning to a younger player. And the great thing about youth in this league is that I still think it's a young man's game. Um, but the younger you are, it's good for free agency because you have more money for free agency because the players are on rookie deals. Um, but you also suffer mistakes. And so this was always kind of a you know, good nucleus, needs a lot of spare parts. So let's go get experience to build around all these kids and ascending young players that we don't can't quite get over the hump because Jameis Winston's been our quarterback for five years. And so they bring in a Brady, and and you, you had some of the younger pieces that were still in their prime, plus you brought in some other guys that Brady was comfortable with, like Gronk and A.B. And I heard Scott Reynolds talk about this uh, the other day. It was probably true is they just had more talent, right? More productive, experienced talent on the field most Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays than the other team, especially with that guy quarterback. Like No one could touch him in experience preparation, all of that. But then you put, you know, you're talking about guys like Ndamukong Sue. You're talking about guys like Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, you know, real leaders, guys that are still productive, but more than that, you know, they they know – what it's supposed to look like, the, you know, they've been Super Bowl champions or they've been to really good with really good organizations and um, they know how to prepare and you can count on them. And, and that sort of started to turn the culture, but Brady was the culture. I mean, Brady commanded everybody's, you know, attention right away. I think they also played harder when he first got here. Like, I think there was a real pride about, like, we have a chance now. We've been irrelevant. No one has ever paid attention to us and now every day the buccaneers are on you know sports center nfl network you name it because they're all talking about who tom brady and they felt relevant again they felt like hey this is what we're now part of the nfl we're not just some outpost where people go to end their careers and that that was invigorating i don't i think it's hard to sustain that because you lose players every season the, the two years are never the same you know they they lost players but still managed to win 13 games uh, and make it back to an NFC divisional playoff game, which they came back from the Rams, had it done, and then um, lost it. You know when Cooper Cup got free, um, but other than that, they had really a, a window, a, a really good, solid two-year window with the goat. But each year, those guys are putting pieces of them on fields from, you know, Pittsburgh to Phoenix. I mean, they're, you know, you pay a price for an NFL season. It, it eats away at you. You know, it might be might be sudden like it was with Ryan Jensen or it might be you know death by a thousand moths but at any point you know that you're playing a football season each year it's taking bites out of you well we're now 3 years down the road you know this isn't the 2020 team um even the guys that were young then are 3 years older right and the guys that were middle aged as a football player are now old as a football player so everything changes in the league it's like dog years um, and I just, I just don't think that, you know, that they, this was sustainable the way they built it around Tom Young nucleus and then filled in with a bunch of older players and older players generally cost more money, which has caused salary cap issues. So it's really, really hard, man. It's like you're trying to thread a needle. It's, it's just not going to last for very long. And we all knew this, you know. And like I said, Brady was gone. He was out of here after two years. He was gone for 40 days and decided to come back. Why? You know, God only knows. But that's what he did. So, you know, it was only supposed to last a couple years. uh, And, you know, it wound up lasting three. So I'm not surprised because the the rosters turn over about 25% every year. So if you do the math, right, you could have, you know, 53 players. And then the next year of that team that had 53, you know, you might have, maybe 33 right and then the next year you might have 25 or 20 um that's just the turnover of the nfl you know uh with with free agency with the draft all that stuff so it's just very hard to run to make a run i'm, I'm not i'm not surprised it's it, it's yeah you could say that it looks like it, it went fast and they got old fast or whatever um but you only draft who you can draft like every year every team has a full allotment of draft picks if they traded it for other players in the past they might have less, much like the Rams will this year, et cetera. Um, but you have a chance to build each season with younger players. It's just the Bucks were focused on winning right now, and Brady preferred older guys to younger guys. That's why you saw a lot of free agents that were up in the tooth, guys like Julio Jones and and uh, Rudolph, and guys like that. So that's part of it too. So no, I'm I'm not surprised that that it started to fall off and, and as quickly as it is, and now. You can't get a free agent because you have salary cap problems. And now you're picking 19th in the draft, not in the top five or six, where you could maybe get a quarterback that you could build around. So, you know, all of that is a factor for sure. All right, Will tweeted us. He says, I heard you on
2: WDAE. You were talking about Bruce Arians' reaction to the changes. I was wondering how much of it was Todd Bowles and how much higher-ups pushing for change. Seems like a lot of folks got the ax. A bit skeptical Todd will attract a high-quality staff in a rebuild
1: yeah i don't I think it would be hard too i mean i I, I wonder about that. I wonder if you're a, an offensive coordinator that's really, really good and you have options, why are you picking the bucks? You know you don't know who your quarterback is, and if you do know who it is, it's one guy and it's Kyle Trask and he has not played. he's thrown nine passes in two years and on top of that, it's not just the Kyle Trask that's been out here working every day and having a great attitude about it and improving. But it's a Kyle Trask now who has to totally relearn an offense. you got to bring in something totally different. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I, I think that Bruce is upset. In fact, I know he is. And it's because a lot of good coaches got fired. And his intent was to keep the coaches together. His intent of of naming Todd a succession plan to be a head coach was, you know, all his guys, the 32 families that he was responsible He has one of the largest staffs in the NFL that they could, you know, their kids could stay in school, that they weren't going to go anywhere because he was he was ducking out, because he was going to become a GM. And he, he was mad because in the last hiring cycle, Byron didn't get a job. Todd didn't get a job. Um, he thought that was unfair. Um, once he realized Brady was coming back, he thought, well, I'm giving him a chance to make it back to the playoffs and maybe win a Super Bowl versus starting out his coaching career here with Kyle Trask and no one else. So there was a lot of reasons why he did it. Um, but he's, but he's hurt by it. You know, he's hurt that his guys got blamed, essentially. Some of his guys, and not all of them. Um, and he's confused the way the rest of us are that, you know, he's glad. But um, he didn't. I'm sure he didn't think that Gilbert deserved to be fired. And I'm sure he didn't feel like, um, you know, the run game coordinator, Harold Goodwin, his buddy, didn't des- uh, deserve to be fired. He didn't think any of them deserved to be fired. You know, he just thought they played bad. Um, and he thought that. There was, you know, a lot of griping and moaning about not running the ball enough. And he's like, look, we run it well enough. You know, it's about scoring points. And we can analyze why they didn't score points. Some of that's on Brady. Brady did not have a, you know, statistically, it looks good, number of yards he threw for all that, touchdowns. Um, My God, the attempts, you know, again, two years in a row, he's led led the league in that in completions. Um, But there were games where he didn't play well, including the last one. The last game you can't say that Tom played very well. You know, the interception in the end zone was egregious and at the a uh, horrible time, you know, and, and there's probably a lot of reasons for that. But um I I don't you know I, I obviously Bruce would do it again if Todd could be a head coach, but I just think he felt that that these guys were kind of scapegoats and they weren't really the the reason why things weren't going all that well. And he and and he looks at it too as, you know, okay, if you're gonna make the move to Trask why would you make him and Blaine or whoever learn a whole new system? You know, like you're just setting things back further. I don't know if it's going to hit the bottom, rock bottom, any of that. I think it's going to be hard to attract some, certain guys. I'm not saying the guys won't try to want to coach here and believe in Todd. A lot of guys do, and there's some of his former coaches are out there, like Stump Mitchell and others that he might bring in here. But, um, yeah, it's just I, – I just think it's a – it was, just, it was just a disappointing thing. And people like Lori Locust, right, who, you know, was one of those pillars that, that Bruce held up and could say, um, you know, full-time female assistant, um, I, I want to be diverse. I, I want to be inclusive. Uh, I think women can coach in this game. You know, all the things that he stood for, well, Lori got fired. And my information is they're not replacing her per se now they might have another defensive assistant defensive line coach. Um, but some of these positions are just because Bruce had a lot of fat on his staff. He had a large staff. Chris Bono, no one has a kicker coach, right? They have a special teams coach. No one has a coach dedicated to the kicker. So that's the other part of this is that, you know, not only did they fire some of Bruce's guys, but they're going to eliminate the positions altogether. All right, Anon had tweeted us. He says, have
2: you heard anything about Wes Welker? He's got a strong relationship with Brady. Could he be an option as an offensive coordinator if TB12 decides to return to the Bucks? I guess he could.
1: Um, yeah, Wes has been coaching for a minute now. You know, I, I suppose that's a possibility. I haven't heard his name in conjunction with other teams, and usually, you know, there's a lot of groupthink that goes on in the NFL where, you know, if one's guy, one guy's in, he may be, I may have missed it, but... Um, you know, certainly as a relationship with Wes, I don't know how he'd feel about a former teammate telling him, you know, what to do and, and whatnot. I don't even think that it's, I don't even think it's contingent on, you know, on who they hire as an offensive coordinator. I really believe that Tom, you know, the personal life is real, right? Like he's got to figure out how does what does that look like if he goes somewhere far away from Florida? Okay. Um, like we said, we've always said that Miami's probably, you know, and, and he knew it a year ago, he was trying to get there. Miami was the best situation because of the combination of talent and geography. And and now they have a scheme that's really good and they have a good defense. I don't think anything's changed there, except they keep putting out, you know, statements about Tua being their starting quarterback next year. Um so yeah, I I don't I don't know who they're gonna look for as an offensive coordinator. I don't know who would come unless they knew Tom was coming. And and you could say if you were Jason Light, Hey, let's hire Wes Welker because that'll get Tommy back, right? Or let's hire Bill O'Brien. That that was my theory. It was like, well, if they hire the right guy, Brady would be more inclined to come back. You know, but right now, not knowing who his quarterback coach is, that's not a comfortable place for Brady to be at all. He's gonna want to know who he's working for and he's gonna want to like him. And right now that's tough because they've they fired Clyde and it's understandable you want a new offensive coordinator to either coach quarterbacks himself or bring in somebody else. That's reasonable, but you, you know you also could have waited until you determined who you were hiring first and whether or not that person needed a quarterback's coach. So I don't think Brady's happy about that either.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: Hometown discount, inherits Gronk's role to make the combat catches, pinball through the gang tackles, Twitter heroes questioning his game, gets pulled at 104 receptions. Now this purge and rebuild. He left a lot of money for this?
1: Well, I I say this about every player in the NFL, and I mean this sincerely. And look, I mean, they can't all be Super Bowl champions, right? There's one team that goes. But it's a great life. If you can make it, there's sixteen seventeen hundred of these jobs in the world. You can certainly support your family and if you make it to free agency, you can have generational wealth so all of that right. But the sad thing about it is is that not every team wins, and there's a lot of effort, a lot of effort that goes into every n f l season right Chris Godwin, look what he's been through right um he wins the Super Bowl great comes back the next year, three games to go in the season, horrific ACL tear. Could have definitely helped them in the postseason, right? Didn't get to play, watches his team lose. Now he goes through an incredible rehab, nine months, you know, just to get back doing football activity. Forget about getting better just to do football activity. Then goes through training camp, first the training camp. He's not doing anything. He's not doing individuals. Then he works his way up to that. Then 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11, seven, 11 11. you know the history. He made it to week one, unprecedented. The guy worked his tail off. Two torn ligaments, made it to week one. Then he pulls a hamstring, <laughs> and then he's out a couple more weeks. Fights his way back and has all these catches, right, over 100 catches, second player in the Bucks history to do it. And now you're going to ask him, oh, yeah, you're also going to ask Mike Evans in his 10th season. You know, You're going to ask all these guys, name one, right? Name any player. They're gonna you're gonna tell them we need to lay it on the line this Sunday or Monday or Thursday. I need everything you got, right? But Kyle Trask is your quarterback. And it's a first year offense. And maybe we've lost some pieces on defense, right? But yet it's your career. You have to go out there and perform. And pieces of you are gonna be all over the National Football League and, and you know. That you're probably not gonna make the postseason like it's probably gonna be a down a lean year. You still gotta go out there, you still gotta perform, you gotta have pride, right? All those things that the Bucks did for years and years and years and years and years, twelve of them, in fact, without sniffing the playoffs, with having only two winning seasons. That's the side of the NFL that's tough, man. And and there's more guys that play for teams like that than play for championship teams, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys that don't even make it to playoffs. Look look at, Le- I mean, Levante David, Mike Evans, all those years they were here didn't make it to the postseason until Tom Brady showed up and they won a Super Bowl in the first year. They never even knew what a playoff game looked like, and they still didn't because most, all those games were on the road and there was no fans because of COVID until you got to, you know, Green Bay when there were, like, plenty of fans and there were, you know, deafening placards that they were banging on the stadium. But, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of effort that goes into each season and it must really, really suck if you're Chris Godwin and you've come off all this way and you're a stud and then you're going to be playing with a young, inexperienced quarterback who's going to make mistakes, may not win very many games, and it's going, to, it's going to shorten your career. I mean, you're going to give up a whole year. Now you have pride. He's going to want 1,000 yards. He's going to want 100 catches. Like, he'll go out there and do his job because he's, that's, he's great at it. Um But it is tough. It's tough to ask a lot of players, and that's what would be hard with free agents too. If you had money for free agency, they look at it the same way. Like Everybody has a different goal. Some guys are at the end of their careers. They just want to win a ring. Some guys just want to get paid, um, be a bigger contributor, be a starter, what have you. We saw what Shaq Barrett did a number of years ago when he was kind of a rotational guy in Denver. Then boom, he comes here and has 19 and a half sacks, gets franchised, franchised again, big contract. You know, there's a lot of incentives, but there's just a lot of effort that goes for teams that I always say this, I if you'd given me five guesses, six at the most, I'd have gotten the final four this year. Couldn't you I mean three of them were back from last year. Yeah, and right? I think I think these are probably the four best teams in the NFL. At yeah. least at the and, end of the way they were playing at the end of the season. And and almost every year, if you really, mm-hmm. really hone in on it, right, and you go, Okay, uh name the team are they do i see them winning a super bowl no the answer will be no to them you get to about four or maybe five right i I think buffalo you would have put in the mix you'd have put buffalo in for sure yeah for sure and you could have put you know tampa lost but they were definitely in it um you might have put dallas in the mix yeah for sure uh but but and sean payton said this one time and i agreed with him he goes Look, there ain't really legit, like legit contenders, like legit go-all-the-way contenders. There's about four or five every year. Well, three of them were here from last year. So he's right. You know, that's you get the occasional breakthrough performance, but for the most part, we all know who they are. All right, Michael had tweeted us. He
2: says, Do the 49ers really improve their quarterback position by signing Tom Brady? The same issues Brady had in Tampa Bay, a lack of mobility, not wanting to get hit, quick release, could all dramatically change that offense.
1: Um, actually, I think it would dramatically change Tom Brady um, because, you know, when you've got the kind of offensive line they have, when you have the protection, when you have the running game, when you have the commitment to the run game, and the ability to not just run it but to execute it. Look, the Christian McCaffrey trade might have been one of the best ones ever. Um, and John Lynch could get executive of the year just for that deal. And by the way, the Bucks were in on that, too. I don't know. that wouldn't make quite the same difference, but um, they were in on it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, all I know is this. 49ers had Jimmy Garoppolo, really good team, won the NFC, went to the Super Bowl, and were up by 10 because of an elite defense in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't close the deal. In fact, they threw it away, okay? Okay. Um, you know, that was when Garoppolo went 3 of 11 in the fourth quarter and missed wide open receiver that would have ended the game. So you come out of that one going, man, we're so close. Like, we had this Super Bowl, like, 10-point lead. Like, back in the day, that was money if you were the Bucks defense or whatever. So they went back to the drawing board, you know, and you go back again. And you got Jimmy Garoppolo again. And you get behind late in the game and – the Rams are sacking you and they're getting to you and you just can't get that drive down the field from your quarterback that you absolutely need. What if Brock Purdy has that same fate? What if Brock Purdy goes out there this week, this Sunday, and he's trailing, has a chance to go down, win the game, tie the game, whatever, and goes three and out or throws a pick or just doesn't quite cut mustard. Like your the story is the same. The story is your team is great, your defense is great, your personality your personnel is amazing you have speed everywhere you just need that quarterback so that's that's why if you're my if you're um if you're Shanahan um, you don't you, know, you you have that meeting and they've had a meeting about Brady since every year since 2020 every season I've talked to Lynch you know at that time Garoppolo had a big number uh, wasn't a free agent would have had salary cap ramifications all of that uh, there's always been a reason, but it's always also always been a discussion. And This year when they went to San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan's tone had really changed. He was really softened up on Brady. He was like, wow, this guy is just – he's still doing it. No, The velocity on his arm, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that's that's something to think about too. All
2: right, we're going to get some more mailback questions on tomorrow's podcast. I know we already got a really good raise question we'll answer tomorrow, and I – uh, we'll talk about Mark Topkin's article as well. Uh, the Rays talked all offseason about adding bats, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they, did. Uh, they may not. Uh, Oops. And why they still think that can work. It's well, interesting. But we'll talk about that tomorrow on the podcast. If you've got questions, at Sports Day TV on Twitter or at NFL Stroud, or you can email rstroud at com. Uh, tonight, Stephen Stamkos gets honored at home for hitting 500 goals, which he did on the road last week, so. Uh big uh, home stand for the Lightning, the Wild, Bruins and Kings, all three really good teams as their final 3 games before the All-Star break. They take a week off starting
1: next week. So, is but, Joe Smith headed back this way? That's what I want. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: he will be in town. Yes.
1: That's great. He probably great is tonight, Joe I'm Smith. assuming, so. Yeah, from the Athletic, mm-hmm. former Tampa Bay Times writer, so. Yeah, he's not in Minnesota, but he will be uh, at the arena uh today. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. Well, do they have the, uh, the final thing I would ask is do they have the commemorative 500, uh, hockey pucks to hand out to everybody or what? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what they're doing on that <laughs> Is there a giveaway? There yeah. should be a giveaway, right? Not that they need the giveaways to get people in the building, but, um, what an ovation he's going to get. That's really cool. Yeah, so if you're... I, I wish it would have happened at home, but yeah, if you're going
2: to the game, make sure you're there in your seats before seven o'clock. So yeah. Early arriving
1: crowd for sure. They do a nice job with that stuff. Well, that'll be good. It's good that they're home. It was a long, it was a long uh, road trip, and uh, they managed to get more points than, than games, so that's, that's always a positive start. So we'll be back tomorrow. Any Bucks news, any uh, offensive coordinator stuff you want to read about Brady, check out the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. Thanks for listening. For Steve Wurst, Nick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.